You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Welcome to this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about helping action takers and decision makers like you align to their purpose, with their principles, and achieve their goals in business and life. I'm Sarah from Sarah Box Coaching and Consulting. I'm a change agent, former executive director, and best-selling author of The Changemaker Ripple Effect, a book about how one person's drive, purpose, and boldness can impact thousands. And I'm here to tell you that the life you want is possible with the right support, mindset, and strategy. And our guest today is living proof of that. We're going to be joined by Susan Burrell. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Susan. Susan is the author of Live Your Empowerment Life, a 30-day journey book. We'll get into that later. She is a thought pro- she has a thought-provoking podcast called Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. Her guided meditations are accessible through the Insight Timer app. And this is what I love because I share this Although I'm not a redhead, Susan is a feisty Scorpio. She actually was born with the red hair to back it up, who has navigated life by learning how to listen within to the divine urge that keeps pointing her in the direction of her life's purpose, even when she can't see the road. Susan's an intuitive healer and spiritual guide in the crossroads of life. With a master's degree in consciousness, Susan's been able to counsel and support people in transforming from the inside out for more than a quarter century, 25 years. That's a long time. And her methods are proven because she's lived the journey to self-love and empowerment herself. So in this episode, you're going to hear how you too can gain the elements needed to give you the courage to face your fears, to learn to love yourself more than you ever had, and what our changing environment means now for us and for the planet. So let's welcome our guest, Susan Burrell. Hi, Susan. Hey, Sarah. I am. I, I have goosebumps. I'm so excited to be here with you and have the conversation, whatever that's going to be. I love it. Well, I am too. And you know, folks, Susan and I got to have a little chat before we always do a little tech check, make sure everything's working so we can talk to each other. And at one point, Susan goes, we probably should be recording this because we were just having a great conversation. (laughs) We we were. (laughs) We were. It was very fun. But, you know, all of a sudden we're thinking, but our friends aren't part of it yet. So, Susan, before we dive in, though, I would like for you to share with us, if you would, is there a non-negotiable habit or ritual or practice you do every day that keeps you heading and staying on course with your purpose? You know, it's so funny that you're asking that question because what what it is I was reminded of uh, a couple weeks ago is meditation. 
And the reason why I was reminded is because my spiritual practice had kind of devolved. I was much rather, I would much rather read my novel I'm currently exploring in, you know, and living in that mind space. But I got, I sat down to do a meditation. I heard very clearly, it's time to do a daily meditation for 14 days. And I thought, really? Wow. But I, that's what I've done. And actually I've done it live on Facebook live but it was really for me, right? It was for me to reestablish my spiritual practice. And so now um, I used to only meditate in the morning and now I meditate twice a day, which, you know, anybody that has been involved with meditation or spiritual questing, that's the recommended thing is to do it twice a day. So yeah, that's become my, oh yeah, that's right. Non-negotiable, got to do this. Got to put my butt in the seat and go still. Well, however you can go still, but you know, and just listen. So yeah. All right. So that's interesting. And I, and I want to recognize that even people who practice this all the time or do the work that you do all the time, we have to remind ourselves, right? You have to walk what you're talking, but it isn't like you can't say, oh, this is good and then not do it. Well, yeah, I, well, that's, you know, I hear that you are of the same ilk as me and we're going to, we're going to walk our talk. And I have um, experienced people that are talking it and aren't walking it. And I, uh, yeah, I, that's not me. I, I gotta, I gotta live it in order to teach it or live it in order to be it. Do you know? And I, yeah. Well, let me ask you this, because it may be on the minds of other people, and I know it was on mine when I first heard this term. Can you share with us, what is an intuitive healer? Oh, well, it's interesting because an intuitive healer uh, for me is, so here's what I am. <laughs> you, know, I fi- you know, I finally got old enough and had enough life bumps and kicks and screaming to recognize, you know, I got to own who I am. And um, so I've always been intuitive since I was a kid. And I didn't realize it, you know, I, I, I didn't know what that was, except that, you know, I could stand next to somebody and go, oh, that's going on. You know, when I was really, really little, you know, and my mom would say, don't say that to people. Don't tell people that. You need to stop, you know, wearing your emotions on your sleeve, you know, because I'd be standing next to somebody and they're sad and I'd start crying, you know, whatever that is. And so it was, um, huh, I'm hearing it was sequestered. My intuitiveness was sequestered for a very long time. And and then when I went through a really heart-shattering divorce after 28 years of marriage, it showed up bigger. It showed up hugely bigger. And I was like, oh, there I am. You know, part of it was I had to learn how to love and respect myself. And in that learning how to love and respect myself, then I became very aware that actually what I do is intuitive and it's very healing for um, people that work with me. So yeah. Did that explain it, Sarah? I don't know. It does. I just was curious. And when I'm curious, I think, okay, I don't want to ask you questions assuming I know what it means when I don't. Well, I, I do want to say this. Every single individual on the planet, as you become more consciously awake and aware, has intuitive gifts. And as we wake up more, you know, and elevate our consciousness, those intuitive gifts, whatever they are, will become 
will show up. And, and I'm inviting everybody that's listening to investigate that within yourself, because as we move into whatever this next paradigm is, your intuitive skill sets need to be developed because that is really what's going to lead you into co-creating whatever this new paradigm is, because we're all in a new paradigm and it's going to take us all working together to see what it's going to look like and feel like and what that experience is. And, and if you're in touch with your intuitive within, you're going to have a better guidance system than trying to figure it out with your brain. Well, you talk about you know, that empowerment comes from inner growth. Mm. So what do you mean about that? I mean, I get a sense from, I can read the words, I understand what they mean, but what will I see different, right? What do you mean by inner growth? What is my path for that? How do I even begin that work? Right. Well, there's a whole bunch of different ways to do it. Like I said, for me, it began by having all the hard stones that I had put up around my heart to keep me safe while I was in a relationship for 28 years. It, it took all of that being shattered and, and breaking down. And while it's painful to go through, in hindsight, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because that's when I got to really own my, myself, you know, really get to know me. And um, to me, that's empowerment. Finding finding a place where within yourself where you feel free to be fully you. And, and in, in fact, Sarah, that was, oh, when I was um, getting my master's degree, that was like my mantra for four years. I want to be fully me. I choose to be fully me. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know that that was going to lead me into divorce because, you know, that, re- that particular relationship was very suppressive among other things, which I'm not going to mention. Uh, but um, it, it, uh, in opening up my heart, uh, I found that I felt very vulnerable. We all do, right? If we're not, if we protect our hearts, right? We, everybody protects their heart. If you've had one breakup, boy, don't ever want to feel that again, right? But what I found is that the vulnerability that I was experiencing was actually a gift. You know, it was, it became more of who I am. To be more vulnerable allows me to be more loving, not only toward myself, but others. To also listen on a whole new level when I work with clients, because I'm opening myself to be vulnerable with them and therefore kind of modeling for them that vulnerability isn't something to be afraid of. It is something that can become one of the pillars of um, what leads you into feeling good about yourself, feeling empowered and loving and respecting yourself. So, yeah. So that's interesting. Can, can we talk a little bit about vulnerability? Because something you said just triggered a different question for me in my yeah. head that I'd like to share with you. So as I've been talking to people, either through my podcasts or people that I work with in different places in the U.S. or overseas, I've been asking them, how are they doing through the whole pandemic? right? Like what's going on in your community? What kinds of conversations are people having? And it's interesting that our conversations, and these aren't people I know deeply. These are people I know through business, either, you know, business relationships or whatever. People are very vulnerable in saying, well, this is kind of what I'm thinking about or what I'm worrying about, or, you know, whether it's about their business or their family. For the most part, people are trying to manage their minds, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of getting sucked into the vortex of freak out. 
Yeah. My very high powered clinical speaking there, which I do not have. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it really, it is. It's that thing about they're being very thoughtful, recognizing that people around them are in distress. Some people have had major losses, but they're not shutting down their hearts and being open. And I have I've just been bolding asking, could you, could I talk to you so I can help other people with your knowledge? Cause I don't have it. Right. Can you share mm-hmm. something? Mm-hmm. People are saying yes. Um, so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about if you see vulnerability and what you've been describing as vulnerability being more present as we go forward, or if you think we will just kind of go back to business as usual once, if once things change back. Yeah. So yeah, let's address that. And, and, you know, well, I'm pretty straight up (laughs) and this is, like you said, this is not a clinical fact based anything. It is more of my, uh, intuition and the, and the, the way that I work. But so here's what I, I really believe to be. So Sarah is anybody that's sitting in the isolation factor of, of your life right now, because of this pandemic, and if you are not attempting to change internally, meaning getting to know yourself, learning how to uh, let go of behaviors like holding jealousy or resentment or anger or shame, if you're not doing that work right now, when you get out, you're going to be. It's going to be a stun factor because the ones of those of us, and there's many, many millions of people that are taking this time to investigate within themselves are going to come out freer, right? Because that inner sense of who they are is going to lead them. Not the, not the brain. Uh, this is, these are my goals and this is what I'm going to achieve because like we said earlier, before we started the recording, that is an old paradigm that we're watching collapse. And, uh, and, and the way the world is reacting is part of the old paradigm that's collapsing. So we're going to be seeing more of whatever is going to happen with the economy, governments, cities, uh, corporations are going to begin to crumble if, well, they're already doing that actually, right? But they're going to crumble more because that paradigm that was based on a, a patriarchal over several, several centuries, a patriarchal idea of the top down there's a boss and everybody does what the boss says you know like there's a there's a chieftain there's a clan head of the clan i'm reading outlander can you tell head of the clan <laughs> and they are the ones that tell everybody what to do and 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 you follow that well coming out into this new world which is yes a new way of being is going to be more of a place where everybody gets honored. There's, there's, uh, it's more along the divine feminine. So the, the patriarchal society was built on the divine masculine and it was necessary, I believe, for, um, for humanity to evolve, right? And to grow until it got to where we aren't growing. We're, we're becoming very small-minded and fear-based and me, 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 mine, 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 which is not where humanity is really headed. So that's why we're seeing the collapse of that particular paradigm. And then the divine feminine, which is in lots of ancient traditions like Hinduism, there's always a masculine and a feminine and they work together. 
the divine feminine is coming in and shaking us all up because it's time to let go of all those behaviors that keep not only us small individually, but us small collectively. And humanity is really here to be in the oneness of, of what life really brings. So what we're going to be seeing, and if you pay attention and you really begin to listen from the inside, from within your heart to your own intuition and wisdom, what we're going to be seeing, we're already seeing it with what's happening with the whole technology and Zoom and people reaching out, is businesses are going to be led more in a circular fashion, which means every uh, employee uh, gets to sit on the circle and gets to bring their unique skill set and their talents. This has been talked about for decades, but it hasn't activated yet. And now when we come out of this pandemic, it's time to activate it because each and every person, each and every person on this planet has something unique and fabulous to give. And so it's, we're moving from a higher hierarchy top down to a circular which is going to be collaborative we're all going to be more connected heart to heart and everybody gets to build whatever their business or paradigm is but in a way that is in that collaborative fashion and it and it requires self-respect self-respect right in the olden days we respected the chief right now each individual gets to come to the circle respecting themselves and knowing that they have value. And so that goes back to the empowerment thing, Sarah, of um, this is really an awesome time to really discover where you don't feel empowered, where you maybe don't feel, feel valued at your job or valuable in your relationship and, and begin to uncover what that is. Wondering how to adapt to the rapid fire changes we are all experiencing? Curious about where you should start to position your nonprofit for future success? Want to know how I can help you and your team prioritize and address hard questions? Then book your free discovery call with me at sarahbox.com forward slash contact. I'll help you get clear so you can lead others. Now back to the show. Would you go so far as to say it becomes our personal responsibility to uncover that and share it? Not because I can, I could see, I could predict that folks will say, well, I'm so important that now I should, I should disrupt everything versus saying it's my responsibility to see my value and how I can contribute. If it's truly collaborative, where do I contribute the highest and best for our shared purpose, whatever we're doing together collaboratively. Is that too far afield from what you're talking about? No, I think you hit it right on. And the, and the individuals, and we're watching this, right? If you're listening to the news or watching the news, and which I turned off three weeks ago, but we've been watching for the last, yeah, especially since last fall, right? We're watching the individuals that are not in it for the, 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 the entire community, right? the global community. They're in it for themselves. They're in it because they want to be, and now I'm speaking to the US, they're in it because they want to be reelected. They're not standing in their truth. They're not standing up in integrity and speaking up to authority. They're hiding and shrinking until they think that particular authority is going to go away. Well, what they're still doing is participating in that old patriarchal paradigm 
where there's one guy that gets to tell everybody what to do. And that is not true. And, and what's fascinating to me is how many people are still hiding out from themselves, right? And so that's been kind of my prayer, if you will, is that we all, as many as possible, really wake up and activate the light that we are within ourselves, activate the love that we are, activate the wisdom, because the new paradigm doesn't give a, a mm-hmm about where you are in the hierarchy anymore, because the hierarchy has collapsed. Well, and I'm hearing that too from kind of a lot of different areas of people. And, and for me, I mean, when you said you haven't listened to the news, I see the headlines that it doesn't change that much, right? No. I can read the trends, the what's going on, what people are doing. I'm moved by what people are doing to help one another and really taking collective action to mm-hmm. help one another. But the, the stuff, and honestly, people who we've allowed, and again, back to the U.S., because I don't have world politics under my belt. I don't claim even to have U.S. politics totally under my belt. But to um, the things where I try to not address the main thing with you, Mm-hmm. I say, this is what we're going to do, Susan. And then on the back end, I slide something else in. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't fly, right? But it's it's still, but still for me, that and that is, that's, I see that hopefully going aside as mm-hmm. people go, now we're not buying that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why when you were saying, you know, it's time, you hope, you're hoping your prayers that we wake up and step into ourselves fully which is kind of what drove my question about, do you see it being an individual response? Like we, we got to quit blaming other people, right? That's right. This person's this, a crummy politician or this. Right. Is, well, what it, are you doing? You step into who you are and it, do what you're here to do to help. Exactly. And, and to me, self-responsibility is one of the key components. Yep. Integrity, finding your own inner integrity and taking responsibility for your actions and the thoughts that provoke those actions um, the thoughts that provoke those feelings, like a, a feelings of anger or resentment or jealousy, whatever that is, um, and really start to become responsible uh, for your perspective, right? And sh- shift the perspective, just even if it's just a couple of degrees, from the the, the negative, um, fear based, anger based, which comes out of war based, uh, right? Uh, contentious us versus them, moving from that into the oneness, into unifying and taking responsibility for your place in how we are going to be unified, not divided, not just in our country, but globally, because that's part of what this pandemic is, right? It isn't about, oh, it started over there and then they came over here. There's people that actually say that. I'm related to a couple of them. Um, that's not what's happening. What's happening is we're all being arrested, right? We're being put on house arrest, right? And by arrested, it means you have to stop. You have to stop and think about your actions and how are they contributing to a positive goodness on the planet or how have they been contributing to a negative downward spiral? And um, if you don't want to be at the bottom of the heap as all of this paradigm collapses, I really invite you to begin to look within yourself and see what is your responsibility. And I'll go so far as to suggest, Sarah, 
that each of us, our responsibility is, is absolutely unique to us. So, so it's time. Mm-hmm. And I, believe me, I'm, I'm one of them. I, I have inspirational cards that I, I um, wrote uh, that are part of actually my book we'll talk about in a minute. But, but I have this one that says, I no longer participate. Are you ready, Sarah? I no longer participate in debilitating acts of invisibility. Say it again, sister. I no longer participate in debilitating acts of invisibility. I am safe. I can't even tell you how many times I pull that darn card and I pull them daily. And I'm like, really? Again? Again? Okay, here I go. Out into the world, you know, being fully me because that's what I wanted. I wanted to be fully me. And guess what? I can't hide anymore. And I think that there's a lot of us, huh, Sarah, that can't hide anymore. Hey, we're, I don't think we're supposed to hide. I think we're supposed to be kind, thoughtful in the, for everyone, as yeah. well as ourselves and our loved ones. Yep. Um, and I, I know sometimes you get the same message over and over. And I think a great question is like, what really is happening here? If I keep getting that message or I tell people, they go, it just doesn't work for me. And I go, are you happy hitting the same wall with your head over and right. over? <laughs> and I, because I, I say that to myself, Sarah, mm-hmm. this is coming up twice now in a relatively short period of time. What were your takeaways from it? Mm-hmm. I know I knew what they were. Well, you haven't done what you know you need to do. So um, I am my own best test case. Yes, me too. I, I am. And, but I, one of the biggest things I did, and I did this a couple of years ago and have to re come back to it. That's why I was kind of picking on you a little bit about your meditation is I really pay attention to the words I use. And I can tell like when I'm tired, when I'm dehydrated, if I'm cranky, all that stuff, I get lax with my word choice and I can mm. inadvertently put in words that either are debilitating to somebody else uh-huh. or limit them. And or just are pessimistic. And I think, you know what, I get, I'm not, um, I don't put my head in the sand about what's happening, but I choose not to make it bigger than it is, especially mm-hmm. if I don't have actual facts. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have this thing that what I put out and share lasts way past when I've said it. Um, yes. So that's just a personal belief that I try to practice. I always go back to, you know, John Muir and it's like hiking in the wilderness because I live by the Sierras and, you know, hike, leave no trace, right? Well, I think in interacting with people, if you leave a trace at all, it needs to be a good one, not one where you walk away and they feel like they've just, you've given them your bag of garbage. Yeah. Here, would you carry this for me? Right. So I love that you pull cards and talk about that specific card because it feels so germane for our time right now, Susan. Yeah. I think that there's, uh, there, okay. For, I'm going to talk about women. Uh, not, I'm not bashing men, but women, we, over the centuries, were um, subjected. We were subjects. We were chattel. We were property. We were told to keep our mouths shut and raise the kids. We were told we can't own property. How dare you give me your property? You know, I mean, the witch, witch hunts often were because women had stature, had property, and men not, again, not bashing. It just the, was the patriarchal way it was. Would go and say you're a witch, throw them off a cliff, 
if they flew, they were definitely a witch. And if they didn't, oh, well, I guess they weren't, right? And then they would take their property. So women, we've been taught to not speak up. We've been taught, you know, I, a lot of my clients are, uh, are absolutely floored when they find their own voice, you know, and where they're, and they're absolutely frightened to stand up and speak their, their word to authority, whether it's the lawyer in a divorce or their parents or, you know, their, their, uh, supervisor at work. And so women were, we, we have not been allowed to be seen and heard, you know, behind every, every good man is a woman or something like that. Remember that that's from the fifties. And, and the women that were brave enough to stand up like the suffragettes and then the women, Gloria Steinem in the seventies, you know, and said, Hey, this is, it's just not okay. We're, you know, they were speaking truth to authority. It's not okay. Whatever it is that wasn't okay. And so now this no longer being invisible, right? And and the word debilitating is is in that is fascinating because it does it does cause us to hold ourselves hostage, mm-hmm. right? It's not that m- people, men, other women are doing it to us. It's that we've been holding ourselves hostage, and it's it's time to em- emancipate ourselves, right? In the sense of speaking up, allowing yourself to be seen not being afraid, you know, nobody's going to crucify you or murder you or, you know, which is a big fear for women, you know, or rape you or harm you um, if you speak up. And it just, it just takes practice. Oh my God, I'm talking to myself now, Sarah. (laughs) Well, but truthfully, women still to this day, Susan, they are punished for speaking up. If they don't have a, if there's no support around them, if they're not part of a group that will intercede and say, Hey, she's not doing anything wrong. You know, it can be very scary the first time you start speaking and it can be dangerous depending on your circumstances, where Mm -hmm. you're living, who you're living with Um, Mm -hmm. there. And there's just a lot of peace about it. But I also feel very positive about once you do it in small ways, it starts building, right? So you're not, you're not going from zero to all of a sudden saying, all right, I'm going to speak this huge, you're going and you're going, okay, that feels true to me. Yes. I can do that. Okay. And then this feels true to me. Yes. And so it it is true to you as an individual. Right. So let's talk about how people can do that. And, you know, you mentioned your book earlier. I mentioned it in the beginning. Can we talk a little bit more about your book and how that, um, because it really is a book to use, not just to read, correct? Yeah, it is. It's, um, I didn't realize it when it was, when I was formatting it, but I knew I wanted the book to be interactive with my website. And I, I teach best when there's experientials and I, and guided meditations. So that's kind of what the book is. It's a journey. It's definitely a journey from feeling worthless or not seen and heard because that was the journey I was on when I was going through divorce is realizing I was, I had not ever been seen or heard in my marriage and probably a lot, most of my life. Right. And so why was that? And I began to um, uncover through journaling and guided meditations and just really sitting down with myself. What was the truth for me now? Who am I now, you know, as a mid something person of age, and uh, who am I now? 
And then who did I, who do I want to be, you know, and what was, what was my purpose in my twenties? Um, which evidently was to get married and have kids. Oh gosh. My purpose now is, is very different. It's still the same, but it's very different. So the book, um, is definitely a journey. You can do it over 30 days. You can do it over 45 days. I have somebody that did it. It it took them 45 days. Um, and there's, it's peppered with affirmation. So I built it so that you're going to dive deep and then you're going to have a couple of days of gentle reflection, right? And then you're going to dive deep again. And so it begins to pull, uh, peel. Well, people like to call it the onion. I had a, um, a client this morning who said, I'm an orange. I said, what does that mean? And I was like, oh my God, I like that analogy better because the center of an orange is juicy and sweet and nourishing, right? So, so the book really takes you through that process and with the intention of feeling more free than you ever have, of knowing yourself better, of having let go because there's processes where you can let go of the behaviors that don't work probably never did, but that especially don't work right now. And then in the middle of the book, there's uh, a couple of exercises that help you redefine your purpose. Perfect. So um, as we wrap this, I know that you shared with me before we started that you have a free gift that you will give listeners. Will you share that with us? And then I have one last question for you. Okay, Sarah. The the gift I want to offer your listeners is a guided meditation. It's, I call it out of the box thinking. So I kind of think it's perfect time to like see where you're holding yourself hostage and uh, do the meditation to get out of your box. And you can uh, find it at Susan Burrell, B-U-R-R-E-L-L.com backslash free dash gift dash meditation. So that's, that's it. And I, I think people will find uh, it helpful, actually. That is very generous. Um, and I also think it's very fitting for where we are as mm. most of us, whether it was by choice or we've always been remote, have additional time, maybe not lots, but enough to do the meditation and to just take this opportunity to start and move forward with reflection so we can be intentional. Yes. Intentional is a big piece of at least how I want to come out of all of this. I, I am, I am fairly intentional most of the time now that's part of my spiritual practice but i think people that haven't set intentions of how you want to really be in the world now it's time i couldn't agree more so thank you susan for being on the no labels no limits podcast and all the listeners please go out and get susan's free gift and check out her book yes thank you sarah i appreciate it my pleasure been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.